Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey everyone, Tim Wright here, the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting with Dr. Michael Gurian, and Michael's up in Spokane, Washington. I'm down here in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, as you all probably know by now, if you've listened for a while, we record several of these at one time, and so it's early July, um, and uh, it was 115 degrees here yesterday in Phoenix, mm. and this week I've been having to get up between 4 and 4.30 in the morning to get my bike ride in. Mm. Uh, this morning, it was 92 degrees at 4.30 in the morning. So uh, you got to get out there before the sun. Uh, but it's nice and balmy up there in Spokane, right? You usually don't get up <laughs> past 50 degrees. Uh, it's well, like no. San Diego. <laughs> uh, well, no, in the summer, we we did have a really wet spring, wet and cool spring, like months and months of rain up here. But now today, it's going to be uh, between 88 and 90 so yep. we're, you know, we're talking mid-July. For us, after about July 4th, um, things sh- switch. And uh, our whole region, because we're on the eastern side of Washington State, so uh, it's just like North Idaho, our whole region just gets, just goes from like 60 or whatever, 65, just goes to between 80 and 100. And, <laughs> and uh, but not like you guys, not like you guys, but you know, yep. like I say, today will be 90. And, and then, you know, in the fall, it goes back down. So I don't think anywhere is quite as hot as you. I spoke in Las Vegas last week. I spoke at a conference and they were, they were at 108. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're still 10 degrees higher than them, maybe. Right now we are. Yeah. And we're, we're usually about five to 10 degrees uh, warmer than they are. So uh, there've been some of us who've thought about maybe moving to the sun. It might be cooler than oh, no. living here in Phoenix right now, but the web telescope. <laughs> yeah. But in just a few months, I'll be bragging about how beautiful it is here in Phoenix. While many of our listeners will be shoveling snow. So right, like me. <laughs> uh, this is, this is sort of our karma, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Michael, tell us a bit about uh, man cave. Yes, so that's our newest sponsor, Man Cave, which is a kind of a co-program out of the Greater Phoenix Urban League. Um, uh, my brother's keeper, Head Start of Phoenix. Um, it's it's run by Marion Hill. He has a team there. It's a it's a partnership that 
that that it's really father, you know, father nurturing. So it, it covers others, moms, everyone else is, can be covered in its programs. Um, but it's it, at a core, it's about helping fathers be better fathers. And um, they do a lot online because of COVID, post-COVID. So a lot of the programming is online. And uh, they have a Fathering in 15, which is 15 themes, 15 topics. And just they've really got it kind of got the nuts down very well. So if people go to wonderofparenting.com, you're going to see reference to how to get a hold of Man Cave and just to learn about what programs they have and then uh, how you can get involved. Wonderofparenting.com. We've got a nice reference to it. And you'll also find the link to the Center Place of Hope. And this is our longtime sponsor, uh, Dr. Greg Jantz and his folks up there. And uh, it's because of Greg Jantz, it's because of Marion and others, we are able to come to you free every week. And we're glad to do so. And uh, we so appreciate Greg's support of this podcast. And he's been a guest a couple of times with us. They do such important work. And almost any emotional or mental challenge you can think of, they're they're dealing with it, uh, either through really well-written books or through their inpatient program up there. So if you're ever in need, ever in need, we really highly recommend the good work that they're doing up there. That's the Center of Place of Hope. If you go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, you'll find more information. Um, I'm pulling a question once again from our uh, Facebook page. So for those of you who are listeners, regular listeners, and you've not yet joined our Facebook page, I encourage you to do that. You just go to Facebook and you do a quick search of Wonder of Parenting. You hit the join button. And then once I get the notification, I let you in. And there are over a thousand people there who are dealing with um, life stuff just like you are and sharing good insight, asking great questions. And uh, here's an, a question, and we're going to, this is a pretty specific, but we're going to expand it uh, to other uh, kinds of transitions that kids go through. Uh, but uh, here's the specific question that sort of spurred our imagination for today. We have been so fortunate to have a wonderful nanny for the past one and a half years. Our three and a half year old son absolutely adores her. She's leaving in a month to move closer to family. I have not told my son yet, as I'm not sure how or when and how would be the most age appropriate. I'm also at a loss for how to guide him through what will inevitably be a mourning process for him. I should mention that he has ASD and CP and functions cognitively at a two and a half to three year old level. Transitions are difficult for him. And he has really come to rely on this caregiver. So, Michael, let's start sort of specifically with. Um, you know, helping her son navigate this transition in his life, losing someone he loves a lot. And then we'll move into some other, other kinds of transitions that kids go through. We talked about this a bit last week. Our topic was the transition uh, into puberty. Um, but we're going to do something a little different and go with our younger kids this time and, and many of the transitions that they go through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, this this is really, really a neat question in the sense that it, it for many reasons, but one is it all, it shows the power of the, of these attachments and of the, what we call a three family system. Here's this nanny. This nanny has been second family and even family 1.5, right? Mm. Um, you know, in our three family system that kids need to be raised in the nuclear, the extended, and then the larger tribal or cultural, the um, institutions this nanny has been like a second mom. So, um, and then this is a child with challenges. 
And I think, uh, I think that anything, anything that happens over the next two to three months, you know, cause this, this, these parents are going to tell this child pretty soon. It sounds like, and, and on that, on that, I got to say they should trust their instincts. I don't, I don't think there's any formula for this. They know their child. They know what the right timing is and, and they should not think they've made a mistake. You know, if the child reacts like they, Oh, well, what if we had waited a week or no, you follow your instincts on this. You do it when it feels right. And that's right. And yep. it's going to be as good as it can be, you know? Um, so then when it happens, the, the child, I'm not an expert in ASD or um, so um, autism spectrum disorder um, or on cerebral palsy. So I just want to make that really clear. I'm, I'm, they're going to, they should ask professionals in those areas to give specific answers for their child, right. About the questions they've asked us, um, please. But um, I do think they should trust their instincts. And then I think they go through the, the morning process with the child, you know? So yeah, I'm, you know, I'm feeling that too. Uh, so the child is feeling sad, you know, I'm feeling sad too. Cause I really loved, I'm going to give her a name, uh, Maria. That's mm-hmm. my sister's name. So I'm going to use that Maria. Um, I loved, I love Maria too. And, um, and I'm missing her too, you know, and, and uh, it sounds, feels like you're missing her a lot right now, huh? Yeah. And so we're in the child's story, you know, letting this child keep telling the story as well as he can with his developmental age. I don't know what his verbals would be, but, you know, we're in that story with him. We're, we're going through it with him. And, um, and then, and then our other message to him, and it may be, we need to bring other people in to give this message, like his grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, any others around that he's bonded with. Um, the message is, and, and guess what? We're here for you. You know, I'm here for you. I, you know, and, and here's this, and maybe they're going to get another nanny. I don't know. And if so, you know, then, then he'll be introduced to this new attachment object. Um, and meanwhile, in terms of technique, um, I, I, with this age and with his developmental age, drawing, um, manipulatives, you know, dolls. Uh, so manipulatives are things he's going to hold in his hand, you know, um, hopefully he isn't, doesn't have too much impulse control issues. So we won't, we don't want him to throw those things, but, um, you know, so that he's, he's holding an attachment object, maybe while they're talking about this loss of attachment to her, uh, that, that, and if he can draw, then he draws things out. Uh, so those are just things that would be nonverbal because he may not, he can listen, he can hear us helping him tell the story, but maybe he can't tell it very well, but he could do it through something that's tactile and physical. Um, those are, those are some thoughts I have. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So we're, we're both 65, so we both have this perspective that life is filled with one transition after another. And some of those transitions are really positive. Some are filled with a lot of grief, like this transition will be for this young boy and his family. Uh, but all of them are just a part of life, and and they they sort of guide and direct, and our 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 stories can turn on these transitions. Mm-hmm. And so part of the part of parenting is to help our children learn to manage transitions. And um, you know, when it's a time for grief, to grieve; when it's a time to celebrate, to celebrate; when it's a time to risk, to take risks. So uh, some of the all of these children are going to go through. Uh, certain transitions. Um, one of them will be a transition from being at home to being at school. And we're getting close to school starting again. And mm-hmm. so a lot of our listeners are going to be sending their kids off to preschool for the first time, or if they didn't do preschool to kindergarten for the first time. And even if they've been in preschool, the transition to kindergarten is different. Um, so let's talk a little bit about helping our kids navigate that transition from home to school. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it, 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 our mis- our message to, with children. You know, our message is always going to be that there's value in what they are transitioning toward. So some mm-hmm. of some of our message is going to be about the value there t- to help them to motivate them. School's an example. Uh, yes, it's painful for you to go to school. And now, if some kids, of course, they just can't wait. So it's not painful right. for them at all. But I assume we're talking about the ones for whom the transition is painful. Um, yes, it's painful, but there's a, there's valuation there. You know, this is really important. This is really great. All this stuff's going to happen for you. And, um, it happened for me and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So putting a lot of messaging into that value and, um, and not, not a huge amount of time spent, you know, definitely listening to our kids when our kids are sad about the transition and if they're scared about something, then helping them manage that anxiety and that will require some talk and and uh, so on. But I, I've always been a fan of um, of not overdoing the the um, I, I'm really sad and therefore I don't want to go to school, you know, or mm-hmm. I'm because at a certain just watch out for when it becomes whining. So st- when it's emotion, when it's real, when it's when it's fear that we need to help them deal with awesome let's do it when it becomes a rumination you know too much whining about mm-hmm. it then i think we're okay to say okay you know you're going to school so um um that it sounds like you still are, are a little worried about it um but you've already gone for a week and it seems like it's gone okay you know and so that's okay that kind of problem solving becomes okay. That kind of reality check becomes okay. And each of us has to figure out what that line is. Um, because the, because as you said, the transition is actually a really important developmental step. And, um, and if we can help our children to set the boundary of the transition, let's do that too. Uh, let's not spend a month of them 
you know, I mean, unless they're being harmed at school, but let's right. not, let's not spend a month with them whining about the fact that they're going to school if they're not being harmed and we know it has value. Right. So that may sound harsh, but I'm, I'm trying to give the whole, um, the, the whole gamut from, yeah. it's really scary. I'm with you. I know it's really scary. I'm going to be there for you. It's going to be a great thing all the way to, okay, I'm done with that. <laughs> You're going to school now. And and what right. I guess I'm saying is, you know what, follow your instincts on this whole spectrum of responses to the child's response to transition, um, because there is value. There's definitely value in listening and paraphrasing back and all of that. And there's value on helping them to develop the the resilience and the character to make the transition. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, in our podcast last week, uh, you mentioned uh, you were talking about coaching your daughters in soccer, mm-hmm. and you were sort of imposing some of your stuff onto them. And uh, I think sometimes in transitions, like this transition of sending that, especially that first child off to school, or it could be the last one or all of them, mm-hmm. sometimes the transition is harder for mom or dad than it is for the child. And we want to be careful of putting our stuff onto our kids and making it about us rather than about their healthy transition. Oh yeah, that's that's so wise. And that's some of what can happen when we, when we allow a month or two, you know, of what I'm, I guess I'll call harshly whining. Um, Mm -hmm. When we allow a month or two of that, we may not realize it, but we are also involved in our own stuff. You know, we, we had attachment and separation stuff happen when we were younger and, and, or we are really going to miss this child, you know? And so we're, we're all in for whining about the transition because we really wish this child would stay right next to us, you know, and not have to go to school and whatever is going on for us, it is actually, it can get projected on to the child. And, and, um, and it, it can often be that if we just say, okay, you know, you're off to school, that the child's going to have 24 hours of trying to get a response from us and then go, oh, okay, I'm off to school, you know? So, um, so yes, I, I think, I, I, I think that beyond also the attachment and separation stuff for us as parents, we always have to watch for our own <clears throat> fear of failure mm. and, and um, carrying it with us in every important moment of our children's lives. And, um, and so being very watchful or, and not realizing it's our fear of failure, you know, and our kids' mistakes are really not our mistakes. And our child, our child um, uh, being really sad about going to first grade, let's say, that's, which is really normal. There's nothing wrong with it. And we're with the child in that. Um, but that's not a, our mistake. That's not our failure. Right. This is the child is going through this. And so that that's a really deep level, you know, that you can tell I'm a therapist, right? Because that's a deep level where where when parents are doing things they don't realize they're doing with their kids and their kids are triggering them, um, we have to try to say to them as parents and to ourselves as parents, it, you haven't failed and your child hasn't failed. Mm. So that's mm. a kind of another level. We, we have spent an entire podcast on this next transition I want to talk about, and, and we're just going to you know, kind of do a summary of things, but I was in my late twenties, maybe early thirties when I first lost someone I loved to death. And that was my, my grandma, 
and then my grandpa, and they died within about a month of each other. So it was the first time I'd been exposed to that kind of grief. My children, on the other hand, lost their grandma um, when they were little. My daughter, I think, was seven or eight. My son was five or six. And obviously, how they handled that transition of losing their grandparents was a very different experience mm. than what I experienced as an adult. Uh, and then I look at my my uh, grandchildren, uh, my, uh, my son's kids, and I, I got a call one day and he said, we have to put our dog down. Can you come and be with the kids and be with us? And just to sit in the corner and see the the grief hmm. of my grandkids uh, in that kind of transition, right? Losing a, a beloved pet. And again, we've talked about you know death, but because we're talking transitions, there are going to be some children who will experience some sort of loss. Might be a pet, might be a grandparent, uh, might be an uncle and aunt. How do we, what are just some general things to help them, especially if they're younger, make it through that kind of a transition? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm going to say three things that come to me immediately that are, I'm going to say are primary, mm-hmm. um, but there can be many others. One is, uh, one is to uh, keep honoring the story of the one who's been lost, mm. you know, keep honoring that story, tell that story. And that helps the child to reference that pet, to reference that person. And, 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 but when I say keep doing it, I mean, especially for a month or two, you know, um, because uh, a year later or two years later, uh, that pet is not going to be germane to the child anymore. Right. But for this month or two to help the child, I, I really think that is important. And what it does is it number two, it stimulates in the child, the child being able to grieve. Mm-hmm. And um, that is an emotion that that we need the child to go through because uh, it's a trauma. But the great thing about grief is that death trauma, if you go through the grief process, that death trauma doesn't act on your brain um, to be neural about it. It doesn't act on your brain the way other trauma might, like abuse trauma, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, if you don't go through it at all, right? So you're not actually, the child is not actually expressing the emotions and getting them supported and having help with them and honoring and going through that process, you know, that then the child a year later, right. Is there's still some trauma there. And yeah. um, so it's really good to go through the process if possible in that, in the month or two for a pet, it's going to be a month or two for obviously a, a parent or, or even a close grandparent it will take longer. Um, and then the third thing, the third thing I would say is to follow the child's process. So nurture the nature and follow the child's process as the child. Um, you know, some kids are not going to talk about it, right? They're going to go really mm-hmm. inward. Mm-hmm. They, they'll cry in that moment, of course, depending on their age, when the child is being, or when the uh, pet is being put down, they'll cry right then. But, but, you know, that by personality, that child may kind of withdraw and, yep. and, we're going to still work with that child, but also we're following the child. And so with that child's personality, we're checking in, you know, are you, how are you feeling about Fido (laughs) or I'll use my dog's name, Crimson. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about Crimson dying? And when we put Crimson down and, you know, how are you feeling about that? And the child, Oh, I'm fine. You know, but depending on the age of the child. Um, But you know, the conversation then could be um, about the science of it. 
so we're going to still try like that long needle or this or wasn't the vet great or whatever it is, trying to get it, get the child. But if the child's process is complete, you know, two, three weeks in and the child's process is complete and it just seems clear that the child has moved on, that's okay then, right? Mm-hmm. We follow the child. But if this child is um, is having a much more emotional reaction, you know, then we follow that. And we we create a ritual every day to check in with this child, you know, on yeah. on how was that for you? And then, you know, then, of course, a few weeks or months later, it's going to change. Um, so follow that child's process. Keep the memory alive for a period of time to stimulate the grief and to allow the grief to occur. And then be with that child through the grief as is needed. And if it needs to be ritualized, ritualize it, because if you're with the child for five to 10 minutes a day of going through the grief, we, we think it's, hu- we think it's huge. We anticipate this is going to be huge. Do I really have the bandwidth? I work 10 hours. Do I have the bandwidth? But it's really only five to 10 minutes, you mm. know, really is what it mm-hmm. is. And yes, we always have the bandwidth for that. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, I think back to when uh, Jan's mom died. So she was the first grandparent that our our kids lost. Mm. And um, I think part of what happened for us is we were so caught up, uh, especially Jan, in her own grief of losing her mother. We had decisions to make about what are we going to do with her dad now because he couldn't really live on his own. Uh, Funeral preparations, of course, that we didn't. I don't think we really realized the impact that grandma's death had on our kids until about a year later when both of our kids went through kind of an emotional something, something. Mm. And as we talked it through, it was about grandma and it's, it's really easy to sort of, you know, one, what's the one thing where I was here, kids are resilient. Kids bounce back from that stuff. Well, not necessarily, you know, they, they hurt deeply. And mm. so your advice to, to be intentional, even in your own grief, if it's your grief, to be intentional and just sit down, check in, how you doing? And um, and even, you know, maybe a month or two later, hey, anything you need to talk about, how you doing? Uh, I, you know, I'm still grieving. Are you okay? Uh, it can really be helpful for our kids because it is such, that's the life's biggest transition, right? To lose someone we really love. And if we can help our kids learn how to navigate those really deep transitions, they're going to make the other ones pretty well uh, as they move through life. Yeah, that that is very true. Each one is rehearsal for the next one. And yeah. uh, they are all part of the resilience journey. And, and while and while it's 
we might it might be overkill let's say three months later to be talking about fido every day that that's probably definitely going to be overkill mm -hmm. but in that first month or two or however long that child needs it you're you're absolutely right it just it, it, it there's more wealth and gold in going through the grieving process if possible mm -hmm. there's a lot of wealth and gold in that for child development child resilience and then the bonding you know with us and our child because yep. there's a lot of bonding happens when the heart is open and of course the heart is open so the emotional structure is open when we're grieving with um and and experiencing grief ourselves and then grieving with the heart is really open there's bonding and connection and that's that itself is really good um it's uh it's so um, when we, I mean, this is the thing about, you know, funerals, let's say, and some people say, well, I, I don't go to funerals, you know, I, I can't handle that emotion. And, um, and I, I'm always trying to say, well, actually, actually that emotion is wealth for you. You know, yeah. that's currency mm -hmm. for you because mm -hmm. that is going to take, help you go to some other level. Um, you're going to inculcate the best part of this person who died because you are able to grieve and as you're grieving you what happens to the brain the brain is thinking about and that's why i was talking about keeping the story alive and referring to all these good things yeah. this person did or or the dog you know if it's a dog um because then i'm inculcating those as i go through the process of grieving and why does my brain do that because it's because the heart is open which is metaphorical for the fact that the brain is in a really emotional state and so it can imprint you know and mm -hmm. um and so I think about, so you said a grandmother, I'd, uh, I, I don't know your grandmother, but let's say my grandmother was a great, um, well, one of my grandmothers was a lawyer. Okay. So I'm going to use her. Um, she was bipolar and had seven husbands and there was a, a lot about her that was crazy, you know, God bless her. But she was really, you know, this great lawyer and argued in front of the first woman to argue i think my mom my dad said in front of the new york supreme court okay so that was always wow. a family memory i don't know if it's yep. true or not but let's say it was so grieving her when she died you know as i'm grieving her i was quite young i'm i'm in, my heart is open and so i'm inculcating the good about her mm. like oh really she was a really great lawyer and and because the brain is so emotional it can imprint so that's it's just a neural process when people talk about what, why is grief good and why is the process of grieving good? Uh, we shouldn't forget it's good for the brain. Yeah. I think we both know, you're a therapist, uh, for me as a pastor, everybody grieves differently as well. Mm -hmm. And for some people, uh, you know, they'll internalize and they'll work it out internally. Others are very external. Some can do it in a couple months. Some it takes a couple of years. But there are probably times when we look at our kids and we say, okay, they're not quite getting through this in a healthy way. And then that's the point mm -hmm. where maybe you need to bring someone else in to have them talk to somebody. Counseling. Yeah. Yeah. If we have yeah. any worries, if this is going on for a, a month or two or let's say or whatever we, you know, and we have any worries and especially if we're having the child is having issues in cognitive, like not doing homework or not doing school, you know, all that's cognitive academic, or if the child is having relational issues um, no more friends, isolating or something like that. Or if the child is having physical, um, like sitting around, not getting any exercise, uh, you know, becoming obese. Those are the three big markers. And if, if the child is having trouble in one of those three markers, and we know that has started, you know, after that trauma, then, then what we're had, the child is in is trauma response, right? Mm -hmm. So now, yes, we absolutely, um, want to get counseling. Yeah. 
And of course, there are all these different transitions that we want to celebrate. Birthdays are a transition. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. celebrate and we look back on life and we look ahead. Uh, graduations are transitions where we celebrate and we look back and we look ahead. Uh, and all of those, the the tough ones and uh, the mile markers are, are opportunities to do a little teaching, to do family story time. Uh, and all of those transitions help us become who we are. And that's why navigating them really is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Yes, so many of these transitions are just great. Yeah, yep. and you've been very, very helpful as always, Michael. Thank you oh, so thank much, you. and thank you to uh, those of you who are on our Facebook page and the great questions that you've been asking. Next time we're together, it is episode two hundred and eight, and if you take four times fifty-two, hmm. that comes to two hundred and eight. So that must mean next week is our four-year anniversary. Wow. Wow. I can hardly wait to hear what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So tune in next week. Maybe we'll Thanks, go everyone. mute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I hope not. I hope not. I, I don't think so. I, I think uh, we'll find out next week that you still have some some gas in the car. Yeah. <laughs> some gas. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thanks, you, Michael. Everyone. You bet. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.